Yes, Lord. And just take one moment and close your eyes. And it's just you and him, you and God. Take one moment to think of the things that he has done for you. Think of the things that he has blessed you with. Think of the things that you know he wants you to do that you have not yet done. Think of the things that he's given you that you didn't even deserve. Think of the times he rescued out of an impossible situation. Think of the times when you felt lonely and like nobody cared. I've been there so many times where I felt like nobody cared. But he does. He loves us with a love so huge that he hung his only son on a splintered wooden tree and put stakes in his hands and his feet. He loved you so much that as he pushed up on those splinters to get air into his lungs, the splinters scraped his broken back with hunks of meat just lay open. If you really know how much he loves you, then you will love him so much think of all those times when we didn't deserve it and he came through like even at 11.59 oh God we love you we thank you today you are great and greatly to be praised we give you all the praise all the glory we set you at the highest place here at TLC we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Just thank him in your heart right now. Thank you. God, you're so wonderful. You give us life, you give us hope, you restore us. Even in impossible situations. It's amazing, you're amazing. <laughs> thank you, Lord. As Stephen said in prayer this morning, we just can't give you enough thanks Lord we just can't you're too great but you receive us like we threw flowers to you, you like we throw up our flowers to you in praise and you're so pleased with us you love us and you're pleased with us and we thank you in Jesus name thank you. Amen Well, I could do this all day. <laughs> we praise you, Lord. We thank you. And if you're here today for the first time, we, we rejoice that you're here. And if you did not get a gift bag, please pick one up at the entrance. And uh, we pray God touches you today and God blesses you and gives you his great love. Today, Maggie, as I've been talking about, Maggie gave a wonderful Bible class this morning, and thank you, Maggie, for that. 
It's always so good. And uh, next Sunday, Jim Duncan, who just returned from Belize. There he goes. He just turned from Belize, and they, he and Jenny have a ministry in Belize and a whole big property and a radio station, and he was there working on some things. He's back, and he will be teaching next Sunday morning. Please mark your calendar for the National Day of Prayer event on Thursday, May 5th. We're now in the process of having 21 days of prayer at different churches in the community. It's a whole community thing. And uh, Thursday, the 28th, I hope you're putting this in your calendar. We want all of you to be here. Uh, didn't you say you invited somebody and they're coming? Great. Everybody invite somebody <laughs> and bring somebody that night. Thursday, April 28th at 6.30. It's only going to last an hour. And we're going to have special ministers from in the area to pray. Our wonderful praise and worship team. And uh, it'll be a glorious night. So please attend. 6.30. 6.30 to 7.30. You'll get in and out and you can go eat somewhere. <laughs> so right now, we are going to do something, as Pastor Lou always says, what is it? And we get to give our tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Father God, we thank you that you love your children. You love to best bless your children. And you love to meet all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh. Ah, it's good to see you all. Last Sunday we were jam-packed with uh, folks uh, on Easter. I think they're taking a breather today, but I have something for you today. Today uh, we are going to talk about, I'm in the same boat. Now, let me just ask you this. Have you ever had somebody tell you their story and all the stuff that they're going through, and they're just like looking to download on you? I mean, everything that's wrong with their job or their boss or their car or their wife or husband, <laughs> their pastor. <laughs> or their friend or, or maybe somebody in your family. They just wanna just wanna get it out like they're the only ones this has ever happened to. And there may be some things that you don't agree with, but maybe, just maybe, you have a couple of things that resonate with you about their conversation. And as you listen to them, you might say, hey, I'm, I'm going through the same stuff. This is called being in the same boat. You might even respond, hey, man, I'm in the same boat. This passage in Mark is about the disciples traveling from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And there's this terrible storm that's a, that, can be a, that can be furious, and it comes upon them, and they're terrified about this storm. And this message is going to look at the storms, the fear of the storms, 
and the boat. And I'll tell you, this is going to have a lot of practical application for your life. Um, being in the same boat can be figurative also. Like, yeah, man, I'm in the same boat. But you're really not in the same boat with them. You're just figuratively in the same boat. Going through the same circumstances, facing the same problems. But you can also literally be in the same boat. We're going to look at both circumstances kind of figuratively and literally. So what does being in the same boat mean? It means this. In the same situation, having the same problem, like Tom says, I'm broke. Can you lend me 20 bucks? God says, hey, man, I'm sorry. I don't have it. I'm in the same boat as you. Being in the same boat, Maybe Jane and Mary are both in the same boat. They've been called for jury duty. They're in the same boat. Hey, I'm in the same boat with you. So let's look at Mark 4, 35 through 41, just a few short verses. That day when evening had come, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So Jesus was teaching on the Sea of Galilee. Oftentimes, the Sea of Galilee, he would spend a lot of time around the Sea of Galilee teaching. And he spent a lot of time in a boat, and he would be teaching to the crowd. Now, this, this Sea of Galilee is north of Jerusalem, and the Jordan River runs right through it. It's also called the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Gennesaret, it's 690 feet below sea level. So it's deep. It's 15 miles long, and it's about six miles wide at its highest, widest point. And there's mountains all around it, which can make the winds come up very, very quickly. Here locally, there's a lake called Crescent Lake. It's up in the northwest side of Flagler County, the southeast side of Putnam County. It's also known because of a narrow, uh, narrow shape to it. As it goes north of the St. Johns River, it can get windy and white-capped in just a matter of a few moments, just like our lives. I, I mean, we can have stuff flowing through us. It has a Jordan River flowing it through us, through them. But we can have stuff flowing through us, and we can be totally calm at one minute, and then things can blow up. Have you ever had that happen? Can anybody identify with that? Yeah, absolutely you can. And you have to know that the storms will come. There are going to be storms in our lives. There are going to be storms. Now, you've heard me say this before with other things, but I'm going to tell you, you have either been 
in a storm. You are in a storm. Or you're going to be in a storm. You can't change that. You can't stop it. Storms are just a part of life. Matter of fact, there's a hurricane season. It's starting soon. And there's going to be storms. And we can't stop them. They're part of life. Today's scripture, listen to this. Verse 37, a furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You see, the storms will just come up. If you're in a boat, you better be prepared for it. If you're in life, you better be prepared for storms. You can't let them catch you by surprise. You've got to know there's going to be storms, especially in this region of the lake and in our tranquil lake. You can have storms. You can have these literal storms. I mean, think of all the extreme weather we've been through. And I've never been through a blizzard, but I was talking to my uh, a friend this week talking about hurricane season. And she said, I'd, I'd rather go through a hurricane than a blizzard. Now, I've never been in a blizzard. And I hope I don't end up in a blizzard. But I also don't want a hurricane. And, and um, we can't get out of being in storms. You can have a figurative storm like a diagnosis, or you can get served a piece of paper, or you can get stopped for speeding. It could be a storm in your life. It can be a divorce. It can be a failure of something that you know. It can be your finances. I mean, you can be up one day and down the next. We, storms, we don't like them, but they're here to stay. And here's what Jesus says about storms in John 16, 33 says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So there are going to be storms, and I want to tell you something about storms that you need to expect. Number one, you need to know that there's going to be storms, but number two, you need to know that these storms are going to scare you. Back to our text. Verse 37, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat. That means they broke over the front of the boat and the side of the boat. Have you ever been in a boat where it was taken on water? If you've, even if it's a John boat. Before they had self-bailing kayaks, we had some kayaks going down... Uh, Juniper run, the water would get in the kayak, and it get heavier and heavier, and before long, you're tumped over. Now, thank goodness it was only three or four feet, but you're in the water. Storms are going to scare you. Even when I knew, and this was the first time I'd ever tumped over in a kayak, even when I knew it was coming, it still startled me. Even when you know storms are coming, they're going to scare you. Storms can scare you before they even get to you. Just the anticipation of a storm. With hurricane season coming, the first low-pressure system that rolls off of Africa, in my mind, I can just see it coming right to Daytona Beach. It can be a month away, but I can just see it. Oh, my God, is it ever going to turn right? And they, 
they had these waves and they broke over the boat. And as they broke over the boat, over the stern of the boat, it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. It was a a brown leather cushion, brown. It was a leather cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I mean, this water was spilling in and spilling in nonstop. If you've ever been in a storm, even one of these afternoon thunderstorms, you think about your gutters on the side of your house, how quickly they fill, even if there's some leaves in one of the downspouts. Before long, the water's over the gutter. Before long, it's flooding the front porch. Before long, if you have a back porch, it's flooding your back porch. It's scary. The wind is blowing and everything is unstable. And your concrete house in just a few moments can be blown away. People have heard and described tornadoes, and they said it's like a freight train, the sound. I hope I never hear that sound close. But as you look at the pictures, you can see that in just a matter of seconds, a very sturdy concrete block house can be totally blown away. They'll scare you. It's like a lion roaring in the night. If you've ever been out in the woods at night and you hear an animal, a coyote maybe, a bear. I've never heard a lion in the desert, but uh, in the forest, in Africa. But folks will tell you that this lion scares its prey so much so that they freeze so that the lion can come get them. Storms can freeze your ability to act. Yes, on the physical side, but on the literal side, you can be so afraid you don't know what to do. Have you ever sat in bed and tossed and turned all night because you were afraid of a storm that was coming? You can't function at all. You can't think you just toss and turn. Here's what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. I want you to know there's going to be storms. Storms in your life, physically. Storms in your life, literally. Things are going to come at you that you just don't expect, right out of left field. People are going to complain about them. You're going to say, I'm in the same boat. These storms are going to scare you. The physical storms can scare you, but maybe not nearly as bad as a diagnosis or some decision in your life that you've made or someone's made for you. Maybe someone in your life has turned the tables on you. It's going to scare you. But one thing you need to think about and these disciples had the key, is to keep Jesus in the boat with you. He was sleeping in the back on a cushion in the back of the boat. And here's what our text says in verse 39. He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. This word rebuked, he got up and he rebuked the wind. This word rebuked means to charge. It's like an arrest. Have you ever seen someone fighting and the police come and if they don't tase them, 
they handcuff them and they arrest them. This is what Jesus did to the storm. He arrested it. That's what he wants to do to the storms in our life. He wants to arrest them. And he got up and he said, be quiet, be still. That means peace. This be still, when you look at it in the, in the Greek, it's like when you muzzle a dog. You've seen these dogs that have been muzzled. They'll bark and bark and bark, and you'll muzzle them so they either won't bite or they won't bark. It means to muzzle an animal. It means to quiet a child. I want you to know that the Lord has authority over these things, and with him in us and us in him, he gives us authority. He doesn't say the storms won't come, but he teaches us how to overcome them. The wind died. It was completely calm. See, this is what happens when you totally try to understand what Jesus has done for us. Just this last week, his finished work on the cross, his life, his death, his resurrection. As we can get in like Maggie talked this morning, you can have this peace that God wants us to have. But he has to be there. You have to let God in. If you don't have him in the boat at all, the winds and the waves, they're going to overcome you. You're going to be afraid, and you're going to fall on your own devices, your own strength, your own ability to get things done, and that just isn't enough. You just can't make it. God wants us to have peace be still in our lives. Even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of defeat, even in the midst of failure, he wants us to have victory. Here's what Isaiah 43 says. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. Psalm 139, 7 through 12 says this, because we can, cannot get out of his grasp. Keep him close. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? The Psalter says, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. God wants to make our way. He wants to be in the boat with us to help us as we calm the storm with him. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and be courageous. Storms are going to scare you. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. 
Do you have God in the boat with you? Yeah. I'm in the same boat. No matter what you go through, we're in the same boat. We all face the same things, the same fears, the same thoughts. Question is, how do we deal with them? What do we do when they come? Who do we call on? The Lord. We can call on our friends, and they can say, yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. It's not going to help. Misery loves company. Yeah. And the company that we need is the faith and the strength that Jesus Christ gives us through his life, death, and rising again just last week. Do you know him? Can Jesus say to you, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. He wants to. He wants to. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you haven't invited him into your life, today's the day to do that. And if you have invited Jesus Christ into your life and you've looked to the right and you've looked to the left, you've kind of gotten all focus. That's what repent means to turn. It means to like bring back into focus. If you've had a storm, going through a storm, or going to be in a storm, you know you're going to be fearful. You know it's going to make you afraid. Do you want to focus your eyes back on Jesus who can rest with you no matter what goes on? Yeah, I invite you right now. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what your son Jesus Christ has done on the cross. I thank you, God, for what you have done for us. Lord, that you are our rock and our salvation. Father, I thank you that no matter where we go, we cannot flee from your spirit. Lord, no matter where we go, through the waters or through the rivers, they will not sweep us over. We thank you, God, that your hand shall lead us, your right hand shall hold us, and that the darkness shall not fall on us, that you will be the light. I thank you, Lord. And right now, Father, for those that don't really know you, I ask that they would soften their hearts right now, that they would yield to you. And, Father, that they could in spack say, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat with you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Lord.